How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. And now, it's time to talk telly with the best TV trio since Anton Deck dished Bruce. It's time for Luke, Luke, Gary and Matt with the Custard TV Podcast. Let's go! Custard TV Podcast, another Tuesday, another TV obsessive podcast with myself, Luke, the editor and runner-east of the CustardTV.com. And my ever faithful companion, some would say lapdog, it's Matt. Hi Matt, how are you? I'd say lapdog, I think I had a punch in the face. Uh, no, how are you, Luke, on this uh, fine afternoon? We, uh, I, enjoy. I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy to be doing it at this time of day. I know when you listen back to this, people, you won't know what time of day it is. But I, I feel like I've eaten enough, I feel like I've drunk enough, not alcohol, just normal drink. And um, I just feel ready yeah. to talk telly. But then I'm, I'm, I'm not always available. You know, we're not always all available at this time, as you can tell by Gary not being here again. Well, we're not always always available either. I mean, you're the most consistent member of the team. You're always here. Your life is luckily enough empty enough. Apart from like to be yeah, here all the, the time. thirty hours of work I do a week, but yeah, apart from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you managed to. Yeah, but the work is just something you do to keep your brain occupied between podcasts, really, that's isn't that's it, that's if you're that's honest? That's yeah. Uh, so what we do here, and why Matt loves it so much, is we talk about the best and the worst on the box, give our opinions, get you, the um, listening folk involved, and tell you what's coming up in the near future, or just commissioned, or the latest TV news as well. So we're all over your telly, like David Dickinson in those awful porn broker ads. Just horrendous. Um, right, first news today is that Peter Kay's got a brand new BBC sitcom. Never had one of them in his life. Yeah. Uh, it's called Car Share. It's a six-part series, six-part sitcom. And uh, the difference with this one, and the reason I want to talk about it, is be- is because the BBC have made the decision, it was all in the press releases, that they're going to show it on iPlayer first. Uh, all six of the, the whole series... And then uh, you'll be able to see it on BBC One in the future. So, is that a good idea? What are the benefits? I and um, I don't know who. I, know I suppose the they want to know who the audience would be. I think for who would watch it solely on. I suppose as well. I was going to say solely on computers, but I suppose iPlayer is available now on a lot of TVs as well. So, well. Yeah, the thing is though, cause, well the thing is like Sky have got their own version of the iPlayer, but you can't see everything, you can't see like, because like if you went on the iPlayer now you'd be able to watch films that were on, on Saturday, mm. 
but on the Sky version of the iPlayer, you can't watch films. It's just, it's literally a catch-up. If yeah. you missed EastEnders, if you missed Pointless, if you missed, you know, Prisoners' Wives or something, you can catch up on it. Well, um, I they have done like this. I suppose they've done like the shorts, haven't they? They've done they did like the Pond Life series on the, the Doctor um, Who thing. But that's got a built-in. Yeah, yeah. That's this is the first sort of one. I suppose it's interesting, and it's an interesting experiment. So we'll be able to find out more. You know, when it's been on, how many people have sorted it out? I suppose Peter K is a big name to have. You know, people there is a, an inbuilt audience for Peter K material just generally. And I think it being on BBC but, rather than Channel 4. But, it's interesting I mean, that he's gone we, from BBC to Channel 4 as well, isn't it? No, the other way. Yeah, Channel 4 to BBC. <laughs> yeah, don't confuse him. Um, the thing is as well is that you and I know what it's like to watch things on our computer. Yeah, I barely watch, watch anything lot of, on the telly these days. We watch a lot of previews, um, which means we see things before they go on telly. But I, I'm different to you, I suspect, in as much as... I will watch it on previews, get a, get a feel for it, and then watch it on telly. I but I like to get do a feel that. Of it. I've been doing it a bit with Broadchurch, uh, but yeah, mainly if it's something that I'm solely watching to review, like say, Call the Midwife, I'm not going to watch that twice, or Mr. Selfridge, ditto, then it's, it's purely on the computer. So really, I you know, I wouldn't know much of a difference, but... I suppose me and you aren't sort of the average TV viewer, are we? The average TV viewer is someone... No, I think we're certainly above average. ...who'll watch sort of new tricks every week and call the midwife. If you look at, you know, the sort of highest rated shows every week, then we're definitely not the uh, the average TV viewer because they obviously enjoy all these programmes that we sort of slag off from time to time. And statistically, they say that if you're watching a comedy, you're more likely to laugh and find it enjoyable if you're watching it with more than yeah. one person or in a group. So they're taking a bit of a risk with this Peter K thing, yeah. because if you're sat in your room or your office or your bedroom or wherever you've got your computer set up and you watch this um, car share and you don't laugh within the, within the first five minutes, not only are you going to think... I'm not going to bother with it because it doesn't make me laugh. You're also going to think, well, I'm not. I'm not going to bother with it here. I'm also not going to bother watching it when it goes on telly because it hasn't made me laugh here. So I don't know. I don't see the benefits at all. I know Channel Four have done similar things, haven't they? Where they've showed the first episode of sort of some series, the like IT Crowd and Peep Show. I think they had the first yeah. series of one of that, but then they were sort of the first series of, you know, one one epi one, you know, say series three or four. The only thing, like they did, like last week with Young, was that was sort of an exclusive. Uh, and the same with Plebs that ITV2 had uh, was that done as exclusive well. Exclusive on their website. I think they char I think they charge you to watch Plebs. Did they? So I don't quite know. I believe. So. I mean, like Channel Four will make you sign up to their service to use it, but um, you know you'd have to pay anything extra for that. I think they did it for Everyone... Shop as well. I think was the other one. Well, that's probably the only place they will get interest on the internet. No, they get any laugh. But, <laughs> but, the, but the only thing, the only reason I say this is I love watching TV with uh, another person or in a group. I love the communal aspect to it. Mm. Uh, I love laughing with other people. I like hearing other people's views on something when we're watching it. If it's a mystery, I like th hearing other people's theories. And that takes away from that. Also, all the writers that I've been lucky enough to speak to in recent weeks have all been against uh, the idea they all like their program going out on, on TV they worry occasionally 
if um, a series on another channel might overshadow it, uh, much like Thor's War sadly did to our girl on BBC One, <laughs> which we'll talk about briefly. But there's no substitute for um, for seeing your your program on TV. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a substitute for it. So I suppose you shouldn't judge this before we see it. Mm. Uh, well, as I said before, as well, like, sorry to cut you off. Um, no, you cut me off, Matt. That's how we work. That's how we roll. You're just very yeah. rude, and I talk to my councillor about it, and I come back for more the following. Well, your, your local parish councillor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the only person that will see me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. But what? Yeah. Well, that's uh, what I do. The, the, as I, as I mentioned before, a lot more TVs are now being inbuilt with these, with the catch-up service, with the iPlayer, and with a, you know, mm. with a 4OD. Smart TV, they call them. Yeah, right? like, the Vir for example, I know, I think, you don't like Sky and Virgin both do it, I think. They do, yeah. BT, so you can, most, most of these subscribers now... You can get so I'm assuming you would be able to get watch this on your TV if you had those facilities. We will see, and we'll keep you up to date. Any news that comes in on this, I think it's it's interesting, but I hope it's not a sign of where TV's heading. No, uh, that's. I think there could be a happy medium between the two. Matt Lucas is to return minus David Williams. His last BBC One project was was the all well yeah was the awful Come Fly with Me, and then the almost as well no definitely as awful Matt Lucas awards and in his new sitcom Pompidou he will be um, playing the role of several characters but we're gonna demonstrate Matt and I we've never seen Pompidou but we're gonna demonstrate to you how it would sound so this is our version of Matt Lucas's Pompidou Hope you enjoyed it. It's a completely silent sitcom, uh, much in the in the vein of um, Mr. Bean, where there's no dialogue. There'll be music and there'll be undoubtedly plate smashing and things, but no dialogue. Um, so that is Pompidou coming to BBC One in 2014. I don't know. Are you excited or I don't interested? No, Matt Lucas just—he's sort of petered out a bit now, hasn't he? I mean, you said the Matt Lucas Awards. I'm surprised it got a second series. I'm um, amazed it got. Yeah, series. especially now David Arnold's not on it. He was the best thing about the first series, and um, before that he said, "Come fly with me." And how could we forget the awful uh, Crab Mandu? Mandoon was it? Oh God, I had forgotten that. <laughs> that if that's how awful that was, I'd, my parish councillor had told me to block that one out. Sean uh, on to on to better sitcom news. Uh, getting on, which we raved about back in November on this very podcast. Mm. Uh, the Joe Brand, Vicky Pepperdine, and uh, Joanna Scanlon sitcom or comedy has been picked up by HBO. We sort of knew that this was happening, but mm. now US it's picked up for a full series uh, past a uh, pilot. Yeah, because it's their US again. remake, isn't it? Um, I think uh, they've they've all had a hand in it, haven't they? The the original cast. They would have had to, to wouldn't yeah. they? Really? I think uh, Vicky Pepperdine said that they're very sort of. You know, they they sort of get it, the the sort of character. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing this, see how well they've done, because you know, uh, US remakes of British sitcoms have been a bit sort of mixed, to say the least. Mm, yeah, to say the least. Although Veep, which HBO, mm, but that wasn't a sort of, of straight remake, remake, was it? No, they've done it and taken it their own way. Yeah. 
Um, Richard and Judy will return to this morning as part of the 25th anniversary. Thought we may as well mention it. Uh, David Mitchell lands yet another Channel 4 panel show. I, I think someone's going to have to keep note of how many he's done I think now. This is uh, this him one hosting now. I don't know, has he hosted one before? Yeah. He, I don't, uh, yeah, well, not a not a Channel 4 one. Do you remember the bubble a few years oh, ago? Yeah. I remember him hosting that. It wasn't sort of a panel show as much as a sort of, I suppose it was to an extent, no. wasn't it? We're going to have to stop arguing. We're going to have to stop arguing. I'm not arguing. Uh, yeah, so that's the Channel 4. Was it something I said? going to be on very soon. Also, there's a whole raft of Channel 4 commissions in, um, on our website, theclustertv.com. If you just click coming soon to a TV near you, that link will take you to all the um, forthcoming Channel 4 series, including a... Um, a new series that I'm really, really looking forward to, Educating Yorkshire. It's a working title. Well, it's at the educating moment, Essex, but it's, sort of. But it's Educating Essex Series 2, mm. um, with a new school, much like they did a new hotel. Yeah. Uh, and, an, and, you know, it should be good. I'll be interested yeah. to see it. Um, reviews, where we review telly. That's yeah. been on telly. Um, <laughs> I love telly that's been I on love telly. telly. My favorite sort of, I love telly, just in general, <laughs> yeah. Broadchurch, we're now officially, as we sit here now, um, has your chair got wheels on it, by the way, your office chair that you're sat on now? No, but it's making a funny noise. Yeah, I can hear that. It's the it's actually, just hope... I'll tell you what it is, it's actually the table, because it's one of those ones that sort of extends with sort of screws, so it's the, it's oh. the table rather than the chair. So I really hope it's not putting people off the podcast because we're saying some really yeah. interesting things. I, I, I will, I will try and sit as still. I won't lean on this table if, now. If, if you continue to extend while we're podcasting, that could change things a lot. It won't miss Just it. Bear that in mind. Uh, <laughs> we haven't done any innuendo yet. It's, it's fine. Uh, Broadchurch, we're now halfway through the ITV QDOS crime drama starring David Tennant and the brilliant Olivia Colman. Um, four done, four to go. And really, I mean, Chris Chibnall, who I spoke to, said we were to expect a lot more twists and turns and for it to go in some interesting directions. And I was really, really, I mean, I've been into them all, but this one last night, really into. Yeah. Really, really into. I would say there's it's, a lot going on. It seems that Broadchurch sort of got into its second act now, I would say, with this sort of mm. fourth episode. The first, like, you know. Segment of it was all concerned with you know Mark the dad and had he done it, and, you know all that last episode was focused on him and now we've sort of taken the focus off him a little bit and there's several you know suspects there's the David Bradley news agent character they've got their eye on um, what's his name the the priest Arthur Darville as well and obviously Will Mell is still lurking around so there's a lot of that going on and also and there's also Pauline Quirk. In Quirk but my theory on Pauline Quirk is that it's something else entirely different from the from the murder. I think she's up to something. I think her and Nigel have done something together. But it's not, it, you know, she's committed a crime, but I don't think it's the it's anything to do with the murder. And I don't, that's why I don't think she wants the newspaper sniffing around. I absolutely loved David Tennant collapsing in the bathroom and bleeding from his ear holes. That was brilliant. Um, I liked the scenes where it was... Uh, David over at Olivia's for dinner. Oh, that was that brilliant. Is brilliant. I love the line uh, where she asked him if she, if he was religious, and he said, "Yes, I pray nightly that you'll stop asking me questions." That was. I did question. laugh a lot of that. Yeah, but also, I did laugh a lot. My, I've got. A, do, would you like to hear my new theory? 
or, or should we move yes, on? Yes, Matt. Well, actually, let me just do a quick jingle for it, because yeah. a lot of people will tune in specifically for your theories on Broadchurch, so just bear with me. Matt's Broadchurch Theory. I miss the old voiceover guy, anyway. Uh, Sorry, no. Well, he's not always available. The uh, my my suspicion now is because we saw we had that brief scene last night with Ollie and his mother, didn't we? Who was uh, Tanya Franks from Pulling? Very brief. Was it Tanya Franks from? But I didn't spot that. It was that. Tanya Franks from Pulling. Uh, oh. Uh, so the fact that they've got uh, sort of a, quite a big name actress in, obviously she was in EastEnders as well for a while. Uh, yeah, and she's Tanya Franks from Pulling as well. Yeah, but to me it, it means that this story is quite a sort of the uh, pivotal one. Important one. Yeah, and I think maybe he could be the killer, Ollie, because they've got money issues and there was all that money taped under Danny's bed that they've sort of forgotten about all of a sudden. Um, they haven't brought that up, have they, the money? taped under his bed and then he could have easily been the man that he was arguing with who was just sort of dressed up as the postman that was my sort of theory at the moment but again well, it probably changed by next week also Vicky McClure I'm getting a bit annoyed by Vicky McClure why are you getting a bit I don't know whether well, I don't know whether because there's so many good characters in there I don't really know whether we need her yeah I, well, I liked how her character sort of changed from because we thought she was like this sort of you know really sort of go-getting journalist and she sort of is but at the same time she's there to stop him she cares about the family I think to an extent as well because that that is why she's there to stop him sort of doing to what he did to the, the family from the last murder but I really 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 liked uh, Olivia and De I think they just bounce off mm. each other so yeah because when he's on his own so genuine. good I think she sort of lifts him I think of the two She's definitely the... And Jodie Whittaker still, whenever she's on screen, she's just brilliant in it. And yeah, But I have to confess, I'm not particularly interested in... I know it's probably pivotable. Or, or I made up a word there. Pivotable. I'm going to use it every week. <laughs> pivotable. Uh, it's probably pivotal, but uh, the Sandbrook things doesn't really interest mm -hmm. me, really. Um, because I don't think it's got anything to do with this case. Mm -hmm. And it's just, he, David Tennant's just... There's very few crime cliches actually in Broadchurch, but one of them is that David Tennant is. And a, is that is girl a, in his wallet? Is that he, the picture in his wallet? Is that his daughter? I don't know, Matt. I've not seen it. Get off my back. But <laughs> Broadchurch is Matt still there? <laughs> Broadchurch continues Mondays. Do not miss it. It's absolutely brilliant. And and Matt, if your theory proves right mm -hmm. and it's something to do with Tanya Franks from pulling yeah. can we have some sort of bet on it now what to say you know I know it's your well I know it's your theory but you know you did announce it on our communal yeah. podcast so what well, the you know, podcast think... as a whole wins something I think we should all yes. with a theory and we'll sort of discuss next week I think then we should have a poll who's who's right I'm sure Gary's got a well theory. I had an interesting thought that it might be Pippa Haywood's dog from Prisoner's Wives but I still think it might be Pauline yet. Quirk's dog, which, fact, is Ooh. her actual dog. Pauline Quirk's God, actual man. dog. That's why we have you on the <laughs> podcast, for telly facts of that calibre. My God, that's her actual real-life yeah. live dog. Yeah. That's, that's not a doll. No, it's not, it's not a, animatronic. A, 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 you know, a, a trained animal for the screen. It is her own dog it's, from home. It's not like a Jim Henson co no? creation. Yeah. That's her own real dog. God. 
See, I wouldn't have known that had you not been here today. I would have just, I'd have said to people that was probably animatronic, that dog, because it's too like. You didn't even notice Tanya Franks from pulling, so. <laughs> I didn't. I was, I was too engrossed in it to actually watch it. But it was absolutely brilliant. Broadchurch continues. Uh, there are four more left, so plenty of time for more twists and turns. And you can listen to my interview with writer Chris Chibnall uh, on the website now, should you want to. It's thecustardtv.com. Also, uh, in its stride, but with only one episode left, is BBC Three zombie drama, In the Flesh. Matt, hello. Are you still as into this as you were? I actually? really am. Yeah, because I uh, have you watched the second episode? I have to confess, I haven't. No. I've been a bit what? overloaded with drama. I think that uh, there's not well, through need of mm. not being able to watch it, but there's just so much on at the moment. Well, what they did in I this second episode was brought back uh, Steve Avett's son, Rick, who. We learned throughout it had a sort of, uh, let's say, over-friendly relationship with the main character, Kieran. Oh, I thought you were going to say with Pauline Quirk's and dog. Then, <laughs> then after, he, after he went to the army, sort of their relationship soured, and obviously that's why Kieran ended up committing suicide. And oh, this, it sort of almost, because you know how the zombie thing was sort of, in the first one was sort of a metaphor for immigration, in this one, it was almost sort of a metaphor for their relationship as well, because um, the Steve Evette character, Bill, didn't want to admit that his son was the same as all the other, you know, zombies, all the other PDS sufferers. So that was almost him sort of, you know, taking a blind eye to his son's sexuality. And I thought that was a different sort of stance on it. And it was interesting that he introduced that in the second episode. I quite enjoyed that. What were the the genius of this and, it, and it, I mean even if because I'm not a massive zombie fan yeah, I'm not either um, you know but I think there's enough difference in this and enough for people to take from it that they can almost sort of put the zombie thing to one that's side that's why I like the fades as well because that had something that was more of sort of a coming of age story as it was a sort of supernatural sort of that was sort of zombies as well wasn't it it was undead people coming back I've but again, I think if the writing is good enough mm. and you invest enough in the characters, because in the flesh, the characters are, for me, what kept me interested in it. And I was all, you know, the the, the story of them being, um, part, part, what is it, PDS, partially dead? Partially deceased uh, syndrome. Partially deceased syndrome. That was almost that. I just took that on board and was like, yeah, I can, I can go with that. Hmm. Because sometimes, as much as I harp on specifically me about wanting dramas to feel real and relatable and stuff, sometimes the characters and the stories in in things like In the Flesh, which is on iPlayer now for you to catch up on, or or finishes on on Sunday on BBC Three. Sometimes the characters in this are, are good enough. That you can put. The, That's what the I don't think. Unbelievability. It almost sort of they don't do much, not do much with the zombie thing, but they are they do seem like real characters, even though they are zombies. If that makes sense, they are yes, really I know well drawn, and you know you, we know that they could attack at any minute, but they're they're trying to re reintegrate into society and be the normal their normal selves. So uh, that is. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, 
Close to perfect. Far from normal. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No For me, the beauty of In the Flash, and it is something that I'm really enjoying at the moment. Well, I feel like it's a, it's a genre you either love or hate, and people will judge this um, before seeing it, and that's perhaps. Uh, the wrong thing to do. So if you haven't seen In the Flesh yet, you're thinking it's not for you because you're not a zombie fan, uh, then please just check it out for the writing is top notch. It's Dominic Mitchell's first yeah. TV um, script. Just just fantastic. Um, because Gary's not here, I'm going to veer from the script just slightly, and I know Matt will blow up, but just because we're talking about Sunday night, yeah. Our Girl was on BBC One on Sunday at 9 o'clock. It was it faced stiff competition uh, from Foil's War, which also returned on Sunday from ITV. But, oh my God, was our girl just the most... I mean, Broadchurch is fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I've enjoyed recently. But I've not been as into one actor as I was but with Lacey Turner in this, this drama. I just think... The the thing about being an ex soap star, you get tarred mm-hmm. with Lacey Turner from EastEnders. She is su- and she always was in EastEnders. EastEnders, she's best brilliant. actresses. But she's struggled, but, hasn't she, to find that vehicle because she's been in a lot of but rubbish. With, yeah, she she's been switch, in a lot of rubbish. She's bedlam. done Bedlam Switch. She even did um, True, Love. True Love, which which was just awful as well, but not because of Lacey. No. She in this, I was just absolutely in awe of her. She was in virtually every scene. I found her completely believable, completely real, and, and and unbelievably natural. And you just believed every word that came out of her mouth. To begin with, she's this very loud, brash, somewhat aggressive character, but you like her instantly. Mm. And there's just the sort of elements of genius there in Tony Ground's script is that you like this person that if you met on the street tomorrow, you might look at and go, Look what a mess she looks. I bet she's an awful person. Yeah. And and the story of her going into the army, I was just absolutely engrossed. It was 90 minutes. It flew by for me. I found it moving. I found it touching. I loved the message that it sent out. I don't think it was overly preachy about the, the army. I think it was just really well done. Some just fantastic performances in there. And I, I don't know. I just... I, I, I would be happy to see it come back as a series, yeah. and I'd be interested in your thoughts yeah, about that. I mean, it's one of the ones that I've reviewed that has got sort of unanimous praise for it. Uh, you know, in the comments afterwards that I've written, the our girl has got unanimous praise. Even sort of Broadchurch has had some people say, well, I'm not so sure about this. And a lot of people were like, why is it just a one-off? And obviously, in your interview, Tony Grounds explains that. Um, but I think everyone wants to come back as a series, and I would agree. For me, the, the, the biggest strength of it was definitely Lacey Turner's performance. She was brilliant throughout. I really enjoyed Matthew McNulty as well as the sort of commanding officer. He was really And brilliant. I liked how they didn't ever sort of do a romance between the two, because I was like, oh, this is going to... And then when it didn't, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, what I would say is that I, I thought the dad was a bit sort of 
cliched as a character. I know he sort of had to be to an extent. I mean, I really enjoyed Kerry Godleyman as the mother, but I, I just the dad for me just seemed like a bit of you know like a benefits scrounging hard drinking guy who was sort of mm. you know out for himself all the time. Did never sort of always took place. But I, su- I suppose the message there was look who this girl has come from, yeah, look where this girl has come from, and look what she's managed to achieve. Yeah. In a bit I of mean, those early scenes before she joined the army were all, all felt a little bit sort of cliched and stuff, but once she got to the army, you could tell how much research had been put into those army scenes. And from there on, I really enjoyed it as well. And as you say, the time went by like that. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Our Girl. Maybe not to the extent that you did, cause I, but it was a very well-written, and it's nice to have something on Sunday night that isn't a cop show or a period drama. But also, I, I think one of my favourite... I mean, I loved all the army bits, and I loved, like as you say, the the um, conversations between her and Matthew McNulty's character. But those scenes where she went back, I was happy that she went yeah. back to to her old life. Yeah, that was good. a better phrase. I mean, I just mean the sort of the first 15 minutes I thought were a bit mm. sort of in your face. I know they had sort of had to be to an extent, but I just found them a bit sort of, you know, we've been here before, we've seen these characters before sort of thing. But after, mm. I really, really enjoyed Lacey Turner throughout the show, and it was her sort of show. And a lot of people have yeah. said, you know, she needs to get a BAFTA. I don't know if she sort of qualifies for this year's because I don't know sort of where the cut-off point is for the TV BAFTAs in terms of, you know, what shows are considered because we're like at almost at the end of March now. But whenever it, she can be, you know, given a nomination, I hope she is because, you know, and hopefully now she won't get the, the soap-style brush. She'll be able to be like a Saran Jones or a Sarah Lancashire or... I'm not sure who else. There's very, it's very hard, isn't it? It's very few, but very those few. who do it, do it well. Uh, Our Girl, Sunday night, you can catch up on iPlayer, and the DVD's actually out in April as well, if you want that. Um, other BBC drama, The Syndicate, uh, we both saw this. Kay Miller sort of bringing back the lottery drama for Series 2 with a completely different cast and completely different stories. And uh, your sort of preview of it, I think you did last week, um, said that you really enjoyed it, and I was sort of sceptical. I didn't feel like we needed a second series, but actually, but no, I'm not sceptical at all. I'm a very uh, positive person. Um, I, I did enjoy this. I enjoyed the characters a lot more. I liked the pace of it a lot more. It mm-hmm. didn't seem to drag at all, and I, I just felt like I will invest in this story and these characters. Siobhan Finneran was really good. Natalie Gavin was really good. Um, do you, do you know, I mean, you can't get away from the fact that it's a Kay Miller script. Yeah. And I sort of know where things go in a Kay Miller script. Um, but, you know, as, as a, you know, light and easy drama, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the losing yeah, of the tickets. Yeah, it's a nice and... populist drama, isn't it? And yeah. Uh, the only problem with The Syndicate is that each episode follows one of the five characters. And the first episode... Was mainly sort of Natalie Gavin's episode. Well, wasn't it? well, in my in my opinion, that's the flaw of the format. Mm. And the, this the, episode, the flaw of the format yeah, in a lot of things. Coming tonight is Jimmy Mystery's episode, and I thought that one dragged a little bit for me. He's the least interesting of the five characters. Um, after hopefully now he's out of the way, then the last three episodes. Well, no, four, and we got six instead of. Five. Yeah, got six this time. So I don't know. They're going to. Do you reckon they'll do one of every one at the end? I reckon they must have to, uh, because 
you know, it was a flaw of it last mm. series that once you do get to know people and once you do find yourself investing in their story, then the following week you, they're sort of ignored and someone else yeah. is pushed to the forefront. Yeah. To me, it's it's a it's a flaw. And they had like a lot of people saying, "Why is our sixth episode?" Because we want to see what's happened. Because there was a lot of loose ends at the end of the last series of the syndicate. I, An awful lot of loose yeah. ends. But I think maybe they might have learned their lesson. There. The only other thing I could think of is they'll do an episode based around that what's her name Helen, who sort of left the syndicate. Oh, I hope not. They do an episode based around her because she seems to be in quite a lot of the scenes, sort of in each episode. So maybe, maybe so they were. So does Siobhan Finneran's story not continue in Ep Two? Yeah, all the stories continue, but the the main focus in Ep Two is on Jimmy Mystery's character. It fo- and does it go back to the start of? Yeah, when it goes. They well, actually, it, it goes back. To, it goes. I think it's four and a half months or something. To it actually shows you in this episode how Helen left the syndicate. Shows you a bit of Natalie oh, Gavin. That annoys me. Hmm? That annoy that's an annoying feature of this series for me. What flashback. Why can't they just why can't they just continue well, I think on? They did from it where with the last on. series as well, didn't they? I think they need to sort of and they showed a bit of Natalie Gavin with the you know, she talked about the the guy who died on it. They had a bit of her and him together as well. Uh, so. I suppose it's designed so you can just dip in and out, yeah. really, but actually it doesn't... I mean, I really you know, liked, as well, you haven't mentioned them, but Alison Stedman and Mark Addy, who are very sort of reliable sort of supporting actors, aren't they? So they're, they should be quite good. Their episodes should be quite good. Uh, you know, you've got the old cliches, you know, you've got the alcoholic, you've got the the, boy, the man trying for a baby. Obviously with his partner, he's not... <laughs> I'm going to say, he's going to be trying a long the, time. The single mother, the battered woman... And you know Alison yeah. Stedman with her. I suppose she's trying to sort of lose weight and her knees. Are she's getting... got a knee problem. Um, yeah, so that's just telling. That's the syndicate Tuesday. wife, single mother. I've got a bit of trouble with my knees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> knees don't get enough television coverage, though. To be fair, uh, that's Tuesdays. The syndicate's going to be on for the next month and a bit on BBC One at nine. Um, E4, 7.30, you may have missed uh, the start of a new teen piece, I'll just call it a piece because I don't quite know what it's trying to be. Youngers is on E4 at 7.30, that's why I say you may have missed it because of its early, early, early time slot. And to be honest, I don't think we should spend too much time on this because Matt and I I both agreed that if there is a target audience for this, it ain't us. And we don't quite uh, understand it at all. Or whatever they say. We're not youngers, yeah. are we? We're not youngers. We're knackers. No. That's, that would we're, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> or, as I in just don't know. Well. I did. But, you know, like I just said about the syndicate, how I didn't really enjoy the first series, but I invested in these characters mm. and found them more interesting. With youngers... You just didn't understand. I felt... Com- <laughs> I, well, what I felt like, and I don't know whether I sh- this is right or wrong, and I'd like to know your opinion... Is I felt like I was on the outside looking yeah. in the whole time. Yeah, I, I I can see what you mean. I mean the the plot is fairly basic, and I think it sort of worked to its favour. You know, you've got the two friends. One is quite studious; the other doesn't really care. And when they get the GCSE results, one goes to the college; the other one, you know, is going maybe go work with his dad. Bizarrely played by Paul from Him and Her, who just popped up in one scene there. Don't know if you noticed that. Um, I did. Yeah, that that was like a. But by then I was so... Yeah, but a lot of it is to do with like urban music and they want to compete in this open mic night. The fact is though, the fact it's on at 7.30 is that it loses sort of the edge that a lot of these sort of teen shows that E4 has produced in the past, like Skins 
uh, in between as recently Mad Fat Diary, is that it's just it does seem like a very sort of CBBC show. I know a couple of reviewers have compared it to Biker Grove, and sort of mm. I suppose there's a bit of Grange Hill in there as well. Things that me and you used to watch maybe when we were younger. And maybe this is what well, you know. It's appealing to today's teenage generation who like who listen to you know Tiny Temper, Tinchy Strap, the Hippity Hop, Dizzy Rascal, yeah. all that. Look at you with your names. I know Wikipedia's um, my friend today. But I, <laughs> but I do. I did feel. I didn't feel connected to any of the people in Youngers. I did yeah. feel like I was. That I did feel that. It perhaps wasn't something that was aimed at me, and I shouldn't be watching. And and you could say to a certain extent that a story about a young girl going into the army yeah. wasn't aimed at me. Or my but I absolutely. Ex- well, exactly. That is the that is the absolute pinnacle of that Mad Fat Diary. That a story about a, an overweight sixteen-year-old going through troubles in a new place, and that that's not for me. You'd say, uh, but with youngers, I really do feel that occasionally. Things on telly aren't for you, and and that's just one, one of them for me personally. Uh, and we're sort of running low plebs. on time. Should we just believe? do plebs quickly? Is that another thing that wasn't? We deep will, deep? yeah. Plebs, I suppose it was for me, in that I'm still young enough in the demographic to, to sort of be target audience for this. But again. You can't get away from the fact they were trying to do an ancient Rome version of the yeah. Inbetweeners, and. Why do it when the in between us was just fantastic as it was? Um, it just felt like a poor imitation. I felt like it was quite. I felt it was quite low budget. It felt mm. rushed. I like some of the performances. I liked. Uh, was it Ryan? Is it Ryan Sampson who played the slave, the sort of Mancunian slave? Yes. He was probably yeah, the best I... of the lead three, and the guy from uh, 2012 who played the uh, their landlord. I thought he was pretty funny as well. But yeah, the gags are quite obvious. I mean, I don't know. Did he make it to the second episode? I didn't. With the um, naked dad I, I, I may well. I may well. No, I was just going to say I may well go back in and see it. And then you said naked Danny Dyer, <laughs> put me right back off again. Oh, swings and roundabouts with plebs. <laughs> um, I just felt like it was just yeah. immature. Yeah, because you had just like, silly. You know the Tom Rosen. I mean, we like Tom Rosen Rosenthal, don't we? On on the podcast. Friend of friend of yours. You've interviewed. Friend of mine never calls, but yeah, <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> um, but he's yeah, sort of playing just, I, like you know the the character Joe Thomas plays in the In Betweeners, and then yes, like the guy exactly. from Trolleyed. I don't know his Joel Fry, isn't it? That's the actor's name. He was sort of playing the more sort of sex mad one, and then he had the dumb one. It was sort of the same dynamic that sort of from the In Betweeners almost. Wasn't it? I I reckon it was. I mean, the idea wasn't that amazing or a standout. It it was. I mean, ITV two audience. I don't really know if I want to socialise with an ITV two audience. No. I suppose it was. It was up there. Although the big reunions the are things. ITV two, and I'm still watching that for some reason. Well, I suppose it's up there with some of the better things they produce, but they don't have a great hit rate for comedy, and plebs wasn't no. for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to finish up by telling you uh, some of the things. That are going to be on. There's a lot coming. There's a lot coming over Easter weekend. Uh, the Mindy Project is back on E4. Revolution oh, is back. It's on not back on E4. One. It's the start of the Mindy Project. Oh well. Oh, well, there you do go. You, do you want it's... me to say what that is? Because they're American shows. Yeah. So you probably haven't. No, I I know this. I saw this in America, Kev, before I moved what, to Mindy England. Project or Revolution. Yeah, the Mindy Project. It is a terrible sitcom, and you can catch it on E4 <laughs> at 9:30. 
Uh, Revolution is also on Sky 1 on uh, Friday the 29th. But then, then, we get to Easter. Doctor Who returns in 3D, possibly. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, Doctor Who's back. Matt Smith and Jenna Louise Coleman are reunited. Well, Gary calls it Jenna Lee Coleman. <laughs> well, yeah, he's just lucky to get the Jenna right, though, to be fair. Uh, the voice is also going to be on after that. I don't know whether I'm excited. I'm going to give the voice say? a second go. But I don't, I don't know whether it, I don't know whether I'm particularly. I'll give it another go because they're trying to change it, aren't they? They've made some changes to the format. They sort of went back, mm. saw what worked, saw what didn't work, and they're trying to sort of. Because the blind I auditions think... were where everyone sort of went. Yeah, this is quite good. This is different. So they're doing more of those, aren't they? And they're doing. Like... I sort of I sort of feel with the voices. Depending on how I don't, I'd like to know now. Even though it starts on Saturday the thirtieth, I'd like to know now today when it, the date it's going to finish. Mm. I'd like to know how long it's going to be on for. The problem was like we didn't know. get to know the characters, did we? In the find the finalists yeah. enough for me yeah. was the problem. But they are taking less through less acts through this time. I think they're only having about three each. They're having three? more yeah. of those sort of knockout rounds before they get to the sort of live finals. Yeah. And that's where it fell down and yeah. became your generic is, yeah. uh, music competition. Mm. So we'll, we'll give it another go and we'll pass on our views next week. Uh, also on Saturday 9 o'clock, two-part drama Labyrinth. This is a Jim Henson film that starred David Bowie. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I wish I'd love this to see that. Got, um, was one of the sisters from Downton Abbey's in this, I, I believe. Yes, Jessica Finley-Brown. And the one from Merlin. Kate McGrath. Yeah, they're both in this one. They're both in this. It's not again. It's not for me technically, but worth a watch. It's a costume play. drama, is it not, or sort of medieval? Well, yeah, but it sort of sort of jumps. Game of Thrones the sort of thing, I suppose. Yeah, Game of Thrones ish. Also on Saturday, uh, Ricky Gervais, Warwick Davis, Stephen Merchant, and uh, Barry from EastEnders, Keith Jegwin, and Val Kilmer will all be on this very special. Of of like, well, yeah, yeah, but everybody does. Uh, <laughs> in life's too short again. Uh, so it's only one this time, and it's the la they promise this is the last one. Hopefully, it'll be a bit more sort of focused. Them. I'm not sure, but it's all based around Welcome wanted to do a sequel to Willow. Basically, is the plot. Do you know what? I'd rather see a sequel. Yeah, to me Willow. too. Maybe that will follow on from the, this life's too short. The life's too short. Um, <laughs> also important on Easter Sunday. Um, the Village is a brand new six-part BBC One drama, Sunday night, nine o'clock, from Silk writer Peter Moffat. It is his first commission from the BBC that isn't crime-related or, or lawyer-related. It is uh, based on the uh, the fictional story of Bert, who is uh, one of Britain's oldest men at 102, and he tells his life story um, starting off in 1914 when he was about 10 or 11 years old. Uh, the premise for this is quite simple, and they like to tell the whole story of the 20th century, uh, so they're hoping it'll be picked up for seven more years, which is a very interesting idea, and I don't envy Peter for having to write that many episodes, but uh, John Sim and Maxine Peake are fantastic in this. It's much darker than you might be imagining. Uh, I wasn't Sunday sure what to think when I went to... Yeah, when I went to the screening a couple of weeks ago, I was not sure what, you know, whether it was going to be too twee for me, too period drama for me, but it's really, really good. Check that out Sunday. And then, as it turns out, Matt was absolutely right. Jonathan Creek is going to be again? on Easter Monday. As it turns out, Matt was absolutely right. Jonathan Creek, Easter Monday, the 1st of April, uh, 8.30. 
till 10. It's a special 90-minute episode. Sheridan Smith, Alan Davis, Rick Mayle, Nigel Planer and Joanna Lumley all in there. And my special interviews, audio people, with Sheridan, Alan and David are all going to be up on the website on Thursday. Also, Game of Thrones returns to Series 3 on Sky Atlantic at 9 on Monday. Looking forward to um, Jonathan Creek, you've said before you're not a massive fan, but will you be watching? I'll probably watch the, the preview of Jonathan Creek and watch uh, Game of Thrones on Sky, to be honest with you. There's not a preview of it. There's <laughs> not a preview. Only t- hmm, so. We'll have an argument about this, but it was on, it was on this morning. No, just ten, just ten minutes. Oh, is just it? Ten minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not the whole thing. Oh. So I might watch it. So... Oh, probably, yeah. yeah, you might watch. It's called the Clue of the Savant Thumb, and uh, it'd be worth listening to my audio review interviews uh, on Thursday, just to see whether you think that myself with that Jordan with Smith, that cast as well. I am intrigued to. Uh... Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening in it, and Sarah Alexander, of course, who I missed out. Uh, and what's interesting about this is David's made the decision to move it forward in the fact that David, uh, Jonathan Creek now has a life uh, outside of sleuthing, he has a job, he has Sarah Alexander's sort of love interest, he's moved on, he's settled down and he's got his own house and it's just, they've, they feel like they've progressed it on a lot since the last time we saw it, living in a windmill and stuff. So yeah, check that out, Monday, Easter There's Monday. windmill not in there anymore. S- the windmill in real life doesn't exist either. Uh-huh. So um, but yeah, it'll also be interesting to see this time next week when we speak how much Jonathan Creek has dented the ratings of Broadchurch, which is Ooh, still interesting yeah. at the moment. It's hot now, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So it'll be interesting. And also, if you're a Creek fan, we know three episodes are going to be filmed in September to uh, either go out early 2014 or um, b- toward Christmas of this year. So, plenty going on in the world of Jonathan Creek, I think you'll find. Well, plenty going on in the that next was, talk about. That was the Custard TV podcast. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate your being a person and everything. Yeah, that's right. Same to you. Uh, <laughs> if you want to tweet us uh, throughout the week and let us know your views on uh, the latest TV, you can. Uh, at Luke Custard TV is mine. At Matt's TV Bites is mine. Yeah, great. Okay, uh, with uh, with only 40 seconds to spare, have a lovely Easter, whatever you're doing. And I should probably say that to Matt as well. Have a lovely Easter, Matt. Don't eat too much chocolate, Luke. Or I will. I see it as a challenge. <laughs> yep, um, and we'd love to know you. We'd love to know your views on telly, so please get in touch yeah. with us. And we'll return next week for another edition of the Custard TV podcast. Uh, so stay here for that. Thanks very much, much Matthew. That's all right, Lucas. <laughs> oh, see what you did there. You've upset me. Bye. <laughs> see ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.